everybody, this is Greg Refner on the Abstract Podcast as I drop my pen to kick things off. And joining us is Kevin Hopp, CEO of Hopp Consulting Group and host of the Sales Career Podcast. Kevin, please say hi, sir. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you for having me, Greg. I, I really do appreciate it. We were just talking a little bit about how you know we have been connected and I have known about Abstract for a while. So I'm really looking forward to the discussion and thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. We're um, so... I started my career as an SDR and um, I had like all of 37 minutes of training on how to cold call before they basically said, here, go have success cold calling. Um, looking back, that was kind of the genesis of abstract, but you've chosen to focus your career kind of and um, your brand on helping making cold calling suck less. Um, you're coming out with a course soon um, and you can, that, that's kind of your brand, right? It's around cold calling yep. and helping individuals be more successful. So we're going to focus our time together on that topic. Um, before we get started, I always like to give our listeners some background, right? Like why, why should we listen to Kevin, right? So kind of walk us through your career, how you got here, why this is so important um, as, a, as a foundation for some of the questions we're going to, answer, we're going to ask you here in a little bit. 100%. So let's start at the very beginning. Um, so when I was in when I was in college, I did uh, two internships at venture-backed software companies. And this was right when Silicon Valley, the show, was coming out. So I had big stars in my eyes. Like I was like, I'm going to be in Silicon Valley. I'm going to work for like SaaS companies. I'm like, venture capital, what is this? We just got $25 million? Cool. There's free beer in the break room. Like I loved it. So the first job I got out of college was being the first hire at a seed-staged uh, seed stage startup. Uh, so I got to do everything involved in a software company. I was, I was the product manager. I was the support manager. I was the sales manager. I traveled. I went to conferences. I was writing for the blog. It was really, really, you know, an awesome uh, introduction to the business world and to the startups in general. Uh, after that experience came to an end, I, I had to pick something. I, I wanted to pick something. I was like, what, what am I going to do? And I figured out that not everybody likes talking as much as I do. And they don't like talking to strangers as much as I do. I, I genuinely make friends kind of everywhere I go. Ask my wife. She rolls her eyes every time. So like you, I was an SDR uh, at, at a venture-backed software company, downtown San Diego, raised a ton of money, hired a ton of sales reps. And you know we didn't have a VP of sales. And we had a 14-person a sales team with no VP of sales rolling up to a CEO who was so excited that he just raised venture capital that he was never around. So I had no training. I had no training. Absolutely thrown to the wolves, uh, trying to sell enterprise software, cold calling uh, other SaaS companies, manufacturing companies. And I hated it. I would lose sleep over, over how bad it was. So the way I escaped was I did so well at it that I got promoted. And I said, thank God, I'm a closer now. I left all that SDR stuff behind me. Like, this is great. I'm a closer. Where are my leads? <laughs> and uh, anyone Crickets. listening to this, yeah, anyone listening to this is, is going, ha, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not how it works. So I, I spent a few years of my career continuously thinking the grass is greener, moving from company to company. Every year I changed jobs, became a, a running joke in my family and friends and everything. They'd say, hey, you still working there? Probably not. Where are you working now? Right. Every time I'd, I'd find a really cool way to get a, 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 a sort of cross promotion, I'd make more and more money every time because your your value to someone else is you know potentially greater in terms of base salary. Um, but I had the same problem. 
same problem everywhere I went, which is where's my next deal coming from? I did a really good job, believe it or not, of selling myself, talking myself into situations where I'm the youngest, most immature salesperson in the room consistently. That happened to me three separate times. And I didn't have a, a, a little black book. I didn't have a, a book of business. I didn't have anyone to call. And I had no LinkedIn presence. I didn't have a brand. So I had to cold call. I had to figure this stuff out. But the reason I'm telling this whole you know, long-winded story here is just it was a consistent theme of having this problem. And I got so obsessed with the problem that I came up with the solution. Right. So I went into I went into consulting. The first thing I did in consulting was I was a, a gun for hire. Like I'm naturally really good at cold calling. I enjoy it. And it really gets me going. So I did that for about a year. Made a lot of money doing that, actually. Like SDRs out there, if you can get really good at cold calling and you can prove it and you find the right partners, you can make a lot of money just cold calling for a few hours a day on an auto dial. Um, then I evolved to running an outsourced lead gen team that had, at one point, I had 12 SDRs that were all calling all day using my techniques. That was, a, that was, a, that was about a fun uh, year or so. And then I've kind of moved into um, what I'm doing now, which is strategic advisory, which is really really where I can combine all my experience of being the new kid in the room at all these startups with what I've done in consulting, which is work with 40 different companies in two years, helping them build outbound messaging process and structure. So what I do today is I, I do you know one of a few things, which is advise founders that want to go outbound and don't know where to start, advise teams that have reps calling that aren't converting very well, and, and then coach those, coach those reps, right? So when it comes to like absolutely cold calling, it's really hard to find anyone out there, anyone. And if Ryan Reichert's listening, I will, I will fight him on this. I think I've made more cold calls than any other LinkedIn talking head out there probably combined. So that, that's, who, uh, that's who I am. That's where I came from. Nice. Okay. So it's so interesting because you, you, know, you brought up that founder just raised 25 million. And it just it made me realize, like as I've built Abstract, I, I wanted to get out of the world like you. I wanted to become an AE so I didn't have to prospect and cold call. Ended up still having prospect and cold call. I wanted to get into sales leadership because I didn't want to get, I wanted to get out of like closing deals every single day while well, you're still closing deals every single day. And I was like, oh, I'll start my own company. I won't have to cold call and prospect or close deals anymore. Nope, you're still doing that because now you're trying to find your fundraisers or your next employee. Like you're always trying to, even in life in general, to be successful, you have to be able to kind of get somebody's attention enough for them to give you two seconds to listen to you and then form a relationship quickly. And so the skill of cold calling, I think is applicable across every part of a company and in life in general. Um, I, I would you know, tend to agree. And the way that I tell that part of the story of why cold calling is so important is in a company, Everybody should be able to talk the talk. What does that mean? You know, that elevator ride. Like, what, what do you guys do on the 12th floor? Can they really tell the story of how your solution is valuable for the customers you serve? What business challenges, what business problems are you addressing? And, and how does that change what your customers are doing today? Like, how does it really affect them? That's talking the talk. And that's the core of cold calling. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into that. So. As I promised, we're going to go off on a little tangent. Um, whether you are a seed stage company with maybe one or two sales reps, or maybe a Series A and you got 20, 25 reps, or you're public and you got hundreds of thousands, 
the same struggle remains where the vision of the CEO, kind of the elevator pitch is really difficult to pass down to that frontline person in a way that they can kind of make their own and use in a repeatable fashion. Um, let's start with that problem. Like, why is that so hard to get down to that person who's making the phone call so that they understand it and can have the confidence to deploy it every time someone actually answers the phone? It's a great question. Uh, it starts with the, the basic tenant that every single company has, which is SDRs or entry-level jobs. So it, and especially with the pandemic, what I've seen, what, when, when I ran the company, the outsource company that I was doing, we hired a lot of people from SDR boot camps. So it wasn't like, it used to be like a lot of kids that were like me and you, you probably at the time, college educated, 20 something, young twenties, here's your first job. You're a cold caller, go get new business. Then it shifted during the pandemic to, Hey, I'm a 45 year old valet driver who can't drive valet anymore. I'm a you know 38 year old mom of three, and I used to do bookkeeping in this big office, and I can't do that anymore. Now I'm an SDR, so that in itself means that the person that's expected to tell the story that the founder founded the company on is the newest person in the door at any given moment, and they probably have the least amount of experience in that market with that company serving those kinds of customers. That's why it's so hard, right? Hmm. Because they're, they're, they're going from, from zero to one. And the founder, you know, a good founder emanates, you know, the problems and challenges and the, and the benefits of what they do. Like just, it just flows out of them. And I, I've worked with quite a few companies. This is, is a very common problem where the VP of sales or the founder can talk on and on and on and on and on about how great their stuff is, but they can't boil it down to like a sentence or two. And that is like, it's this art and a skill, right? And that's where, you know, that's, wh that's why I'm here. Okay. So let's, um, I'd love that you talked about, you know, valet driver, bookkeeper, um, because I just interviewed an SDR this morning and, you know, she got on and she was all, hey, I'm surprised you entertained talking to me. You know, I've worked at a audio install shop behind the Best Buy. Um, I was a valet driver and um, I worked at Claire's as like a general manager. And I was like, in all those roles, you had to talk to strangers. You probably had to sell them something and you had to be likable in a very short amount of time. Is that true? Like, she was like, yeah, absolutely. So I think that there's some opportunity in kind of exploring backgrounds of people that don't necessarily fit a stereotypical SDR, right? Um, I think at 35, 40 years old, you have more life experience and you're more relatable than an SDR coming out of college. Anyways, um, what can that founder VP of sales do? What exercises, you know, without giving away kind of your, your course, Kevin, what are maybe one or two tips or tricks that they could do to kind of help them get to that one or two sentence value prop um, in a quick enough time to where when they are hiring SDRs, you know, it becomes impactful. It's a good question. Um, you know, I would, the, the, the classic thing of like, explain to me like I'm five years old, right? If you can't explain what you do 
to a five-year-old kid, it's not going to be able to be easily pitched to someone on the phone, right? And, and I think the, the missing piece is that when you become a CEO or you raise venture capital, you are somebody. You're now somebody. And especially with LinkedIn. Like I've watched LinkedIn go from, you know, like it wasn't a big deal to now it's like massive. Everybody's on LinkedIn. You can gather at a huge following very easily. And you become somebody. Now, when you become somebody and you have this, what we call ego inside of you, it's very, very hard to even think about talking to someone who doesn't know who I am. You don't, yeah, my, name is Kevin. my name's Kevin. I'm the CEO of Hop Consulting Group. Well, take my call. But what? I didn't ask for this call. It happens all the time. It's all the time. So one of the things that, that is essential to, to how I train cold calling in general um, giving away part of the sauce of the course. I, I don't mind. Like if you, if you disagree with this, that's fine. If you, if you agree with it, you know, buy the course, but um, the sauce of the course is let's like de-risk that whole situation by only having conversations with people who are ready to talk. Right. Number one, I think the number one problem with cold calling is false negatives, AKA, Hey, I, I call Claire. Hey, Claire, how's it going today? Well, I'm okay. How are you? Yeah. I'm blah, 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 blah. And here's my pitch. And then they hang up and they say, I'm not interested in hang up. That's the number one problem because Claire wasn't ready to have a conversation. We didn't clarify that, all, you know, things like that. Um, but the, the, the next piece of that is to be able to have a business level conversation, right? So I teach a very conversational technique. I don't teach a pitch where people go, yes, oh my God, this is what I've needed for five years. Sign me up today. A lot of people think cold calling is about selling. I am selling my product when I cold call. I am selling this stuff. You're not, okay? And my course is all about how you should be able to have a business level conversation, which drives curiosity and intrigue, which sells the meeting, sells another time to have a sit down conversation where there's no egos involved because they agreed to meet with you. You can do research on them. They can do research on you. You have this business level conversation about a business challenge or problem. And that should be the focus. It should not be I'm selling the whole vision of what's going on here in this discussion. So to put it really straightforward, like the one-liner to answer your question is CEOs sell the company and sell the product. SDRs sell meetings. You talk about that. They don't sell the product. If, you, if your SDRs are trying to sell the product, CEOs are, can't really set, like teach the SDR how to sell the meeting as well as they can sell the product. You know. So one of the best pieces of advice I got was from a guy named Michael Tomei, uh, was he said, if you can make it through an entire phone conversation as SDR without talking about your product or the benefits of your product and focusing exclusively on driving curiosity uh, or uncovering pain points that a prospect has, you've done a great job. And um, I kind of always took that to heart. And maybe I've taken it a little bit kind of maybe too far in that direction because sometimes I feel like, you know, where's that line where you maybe need to give a little bit? But um, I think that that mind shift of sell the meeting, not the product, that permeates, there's so many problems like in onboarding today where they're told about the product. Here's the features, here's the case studies, here's all the cool widgets that we have that competitor XYZ doesn't have. They're never told sell the meeting. They're kind of like infatuated with how, cool our product is and our G2 crowd position and 
our fancy VC backed funding, right? Yeah. Like it's a, it starts even like day one in the training. And I guess that all stops, that all kind of starts at the top from CEO down, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the things that like, I, I believe that you have to teach the art of the cold conversation separately from like actual even sales training, right? Like hmm. one of the, one of the kind of hotter takes I have is that really good closers shouldn't be cold calling. They should be focusing their skill set on other things and really developing their skill set and really leaning into that in a totally different way. And I think there is a little bit too much of uh, the old school, like, you know, source 50% of your own deals at all times, which puts pressure, right. And which goes, to another like, you know, evolution that I am currently working to undertake, which is demand generation and outbound need to form an awesome base pillar for all of your sales. So demand generation, the idea that you go to the market and you educate them on what you do and you actually generate leads. Like people actually come to you because your marketing is developed in a way that people say, huh, I didn't think about it that way. I guess I do want to have a conversation about that. You combine that with good quality outbound conversations. Now, all of a sudden you have people who are really good at selling, building relationships, proving value, driving deals, doing that. And you need, you need both if you're really going to scale, right? So talk to me about why we're tangent number two. Um, talk to me a little bit about why, like if I'm, if I'm outbound prospecting, let's say you, Kevin, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm calling you, maybe leave you a voicemail. I shoot you an email. Um, I feel like there's companies are almost all also doing a disservice and not helping kind of support that effort because if you're doing outbound really well, you're probably using messaging that might not be the same on a website, um, selling features, benefits, things like that. Do you, do you ever work with your clients on kind of sales and marketing alignment to help aid in cold, you know, I'm deviating a little bit from cold calling, but more like just cold outreach in general? I try. <laughs> I try. I try. Okay. I, I, I just ended an engagement with a, with a client, long, long-standing client. It was, it was great. But the, the biggest problem was I was hired to be the SDR guy. I did my job. Went from zero to four SDRs zero closed one to over six figures and closed one from SDRs all in six months. Right. Nice. I did my job, but I kept, I saw the bigger problem. The bigger problem was that their marketing department wasn't playing the same fiddle as the sales department. Right. And trying to like drive that alignment is tough, especially if you have marketing leaders that have never empowered a sales team. Right. Like the other thing about like marketing is you could be in marketing and not be good for, a marketing job at a software company that's trying to scale. Sure. There's basics of marketing, like messaging and positioning and, you know, the website needs to be good SEO, like check boxes, but how to empower a modern outbound sales team with marketing. That's different. That's rare, right? That's demand gen demand. Really good demand gen marketers are like, they should, they should, I, I know a few that are comped as well as salespeople, you know, like really highly compensated people because they see it, they get it and they know how to go across the aisle and put their arm around a guy like me and say, Hey, Kevin, here's how we're going to go 
to war on this. You know, he's how we're going to go outbound with this message. And if everyone's playing the same fiddle, works well. Incredible growth. Yeah. So, I mean, we keep coming back to this idea that you have multiple influences outside of just that SDR. You have leadership, you have enablement, you have marketing. Like there's so many other pieces just to, to the piece of the puzzle around cold calling that honestly, up until our conversation, I wasn't really kind of thinking about on a regular basis. Uh, I think it's easy to point the finger at an SDR and be like, oh, you suck at cold calling. Um, but there's so many other influences. And so as part of the consulting that you do, um, you know, I think anybody who engages with you and, and uses your service should be open to kind of having you do an audit around the business to see, like, is there anything that's fighting these SDRs? There's anything that's causing friction with their success. Um, that's right. So there's, there's my plug for your business. Cause I, so. I, love it. I, I appreciate that. So, so what's interesting is um, there's a lot of perspectives, but there's no perspective like the front lines. Yeah. Right. Cause there's, yeah. there's like what, you know, Oh, I came from a competitive business. I've been in this for five to seven years. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Here's what we should be positioning it as. Then there's me saying, Hey, I, I actually, you know, shadowed all four BDRs making calls this week. I heard 17 different decision makers talking about this business problem. And they didn't talk like that. Yeah. No, there's no, like you can't fight with that. Right. And I think, I think this should go full circle to plug abstract, right. Which is understand what's going on in your calls and then learn from that and take what's going on in your calls to do better. And what's going on in your calls and the conversations you're actually having with your market should be more important than a, an opinion. Mic drop. Do you have a mic you can drop on the floor? Here we go. I love it. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's, um, you know, use. Yeah. Yes. I'm just going to say yes. Um, all right. So we didn't cover basically almost all of the questions I was supposed to ask you, Kevin, um, on this conversation. So apologies for that. Um, I kind of want to wrap it up though, just from a, from a time perspective, um, you know, I 100% agree with the direction kind of you think cold calling needs to go. Um, I think it's applicable across any company size. Um, I guess my kind of final question to you, Kevin, would be if you have advice for our listeners who are maybe trying, maybe I, I'm that SDR and I see the disconnect, like what could I do to maybe start to try to initiate some change? within my company or maybe just within my team to help me be more effective at my job? Really good question. And it's something that I struggle with in my career, right? Like if, if I, uh, as a rep, as an individual contributor, if I had better voices above me that would like listen to like what I would say about what was going on on the front lines, I probably would, you know, maybe, maybe I'd still be at that startup, right? Like I, I, I recently saw a startup that I quit working at. They raised their series A uh, like six months ago at a big valuation. They're like actually starting to take off now. And I, and I sat there and I was like, man, if I had had like, you know, like better leadership, 
I didn't have a, uh, I, I had a, oh, I'll be honest. I had a 63 year old VP of sales. Sweet. Is, had him sold since dinosaurs walked here. Got it. Yeah. Like it was just so different. And then I, the reason I quit that job is because I was like, I'm not speaking. I'm not playing the same game as this leader. Great guy. Love, love, love hanging out with him and all that. But man, we, I just didn't see it the same way. So it is, it is tough. Like I, it's tough to fight that, that uphill climb, right. Uh, in terms of like, how do you drive change in the organization? The, the number one way to like have an opinion on something is to back it up. Right. So if you're not using call recording software, you should like very basics, right. Almost all of the VoIP platforms do allow for it in some way, shape or form. But like when I was in SDR, um, I, I would use call recordings very frequently to prove a point about like how to have these conversations. And then now with the software that, that I recommend to my clients, it's all like tech stack is a must. I don't work with anyone who's not willing to spend a lot of money on tech because the tech will accelerate, helps you go from zero to 10, which is what everyone wants to do way faster. So there's a lot of really, really good software out there to do that. And then, of course, have conversations the right way. Go to hopconsultagroup.com and get the course. <laughs> if you have conversations the right way, you're going to get that quality insight you need to prove your point if you're going to have a point of view. Love it. Awesome, man. Well, how do, uh, how do our listeners go about getting in touch with you? Well, check out my podcast, the Sales Career Podcast. Um, it's, uh, it's not a tips and tricks show. So it's about the, the real life story of salespeople and what you can learn from that. I'm trying to go like more inside the actor studio than inside the actor studio slash Joe Rogan than I am, you know, the revenue podcast. Like it's just not, it's not, it's not that show. So if that's ever interesting to you, check that out. But other than that on LinkedIn, Kevin Hopp, uh, happy to connect with anyone. Cool, man. Well, thank you for joining our podcast today. It's been a pleasure and um, you know, hopefully uh, our paths cross again in the future. Thanks for having me on, Greg. Cool. See ya.